Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. So whether it's the thing earlier that we talked about, the fear, whether it's shame, you get that from that passage in Psalm 34. No matter what it is, God's bigger put it this way, than our stuff. Even when our stuff seems overwhelmingly big, and it does often, at least for me, until I start doing something. Oh, magnify the Lord. So, question this morning. Let's hear from each other. What does oh, magnify the Lord mean to you? Make God bigger in your mind. What else? Oh, magnify the Lord. Therefore, come and hear you. To make larger and louder than all your circumstances. What else? altering of perception. Expound. Uh, (laughs) Magnify it. Come on, you're right. Problems and situations are like this, and we're like this. God is like this. So we need to be able to say, oh, my soul, recalibrate. What, What can I see? What am I really seeing? So the... So... He must increase, you know, John said that. So I must decrease. Kind of the same principle. So the Lord must be bigger than that. All right, this is the body ministering one to another. This is, we've got to break away from the one person up in front doing this. When we hear each other, it can strengthen and encourage our hearts. I heard one time that your giant, if you have your thumb right by your nose, it's pretty big. If you look beyond it, it's not so big. Yeah. It's like the old Saturday night live routine. Remember that? Can't see you, can't see you. You know, it crushed your head. You remember that? No? You guys are too religious back then. Yeah. Too young. Crush you. It's all a matter of perspective, isn't it? But magnifying, now listen to all the things that were being said. We know what a magnifying glass does. What does it do? So, you know, and you can change that by doing this, the moving closer and further away. God's in all of that. If you're older, if you're older it also brings things into focus. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever do you mean? (laughs) Yes. Just because there isn't a line there doesn't mean they're not bifocals. (laughs) So how do you do it? How do you do that in your life? 
your own. Like, I'm really wanting to know, how do you do that? How do you magnify the Lord? Um, my, my grandson, Max, we just got to spend last weekend with him, and one of the things that he says is perfect, because I do this all the time, is he, if, if a truck drives by, that's big, it's big, it's big. And I just say, Lord, you're big, you're yes. so big, you can do this, you know, so anyway. But that's probably the same as the, your, your perception, right? But it's the simplicity of what we do in our regular everyday lives and how it affects us. That's how we have to respond in our hearts to magnify God. Most often it comes where? Right out of here. You say, you know, it's out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you do have to say, like, how, how big is God in my heart? Well, if you put the magnifying glass on that, he becomes really large, doesn't he? Who else? How do you magnify the Lord? Something that I do personally, I do a few things. I'm a worshiper, so that always helps when you're worshiping. But um, something that I've I've done the last couple of years that's really been powerful is just you know that verse in Psalm 103 where it says, "Bless the Lord, O my soul, and remember all of His benefits." There's something to that when you have gratitude. You know, simple stuff. Father, thank you that you love me. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you live in me. Jesus, thank you that you're my provider, that your promises are yes and amen, that you've, you've set me free from the law of sin and death. Just, just those little, you know, five-second prayers, just kind of remembering who he is and what he's done in my life, for me, that really helps kind of focus, if you will. Anybody else? How do you do it? Well, I have a little different perspective. Good. I think... Because he is in me, and I want to bring him glory. When, when two or more gather together, we magnify the Lord. And if I really want to magnify the Lord, I love to fellowship with other believers and just have testimonies and, and proclaim his goodness. And the mere fact that the body of Christ, like this morning, when we all came together in one mind, in one spirit, we were magnifying the Lord. Yes. You are a very smart woman. <laughs> if he didn't, I did. <laughs> um, my brother-in-law recently sent me an email, and in this email, there's the picture of the earth and then the picture of the moon, and then the pictures of the bigger stars, and the earth gets smaller and smaller until you get bigger and bigger, and then um, the earth as compared to our Milky Way, and then the galaxies of the universe, and then it says, and there's thousands and thousands of galaxies. And I thought, my God inhabits the entirety of the universe. He is surely big enough to take care of me. And that changed my perception of God entirely. Now God is huge, and he can do anything. So that helps me greatly. There's probably seven sermons in that. 
What else? How do you do it? Hang on, let me get the mic to you so we can all hear Because this is a, iron sharpens iron, and this is what it actually means to be a community as we learn from one another. Uh, like, usually I'm up early every morning, so I have to deal with a lot of different personalities. And I try to bring joy to every single person that I'd encounter every morning, whether, whether it did make them happy. And I think this magnifies his love for us because we can also give it out. So, I mean, whether you're having... The worst day, I'm going to make you smile. You're going to laugh when you encounter me. So, so you're an attitude adjustment coach. Exactly. <laughs> it's all. Yeah. Um, I'm a singer, too. So what I love to do is that I will tell God what I know that he is, that he is beautiful, that he is matchless, that he is above and bigger, and that anything that I ask or hope for, that his dream for me is bigger than that. And so the way that I magnify him is I will declare to him who he is to me, and it like remakes me believe that that is who he is, that he is who he says that he is. And as I convince myself of that, declaring that to him, then it brings me into a right alignment of belief of who he is. Why is it important to do that? Because <laughs> it renews our mind daily. It renews our mind. And when I hang out with my friends. <laughs> we do life in partnership together. Because doing life alone sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it does. Which is how we learn to do this together. It's funny, but it's this. Oh, magnify the Lord and let us exalt his name together. Why do you think God thinks this is important? Why is this so important? Say it loud. Life perspective. What else? Why is it important to actually practice this and do it? It makes them bigger than our problems. How does it do that? It, it's us getting our hearts refocused. It's, it's us going, see, it's not important for God. God doesn't need us to do this. God already knows how big he is. We don't magnify the Lord for him, though it does bring him glory and honor. We magnify the Lord for our hearts because it does something inside of us. And I really think that that's the thing you were talking about. That's the connection that it makes that then he is most glorified where? In us. It builds us up. It, do, it, do, it does something to us. Maybe even the attitude adjustment stuff. And it realigns thoughts. Because of all the things where I get caught, 
It's here. I mean, think about it. Temptations in the world, those are easy. Most of them are pathetic when you watch them on TV. It's like, oh, that's a bunch of hooey. You know, and you just go, oh, no. No, I don't see, need to see another Victoria's Secret commercial. Or another ad for something else, or that if I buy the right perfume, or if I drink the right alcohol, I'll be a man of most special guy in the world and get and get to go to Mars. And it's like, that's that, none of that stuff's true. None of us true. That's not what here that that stuff I that's easy. It's here that's hard. Right here that's hard. So when I start magnifying the Lord, I found this in my life. The reason it was so important, it changes the way I think. Some have termed that repentance. To think differently. To think completely differently. You know, when you've been just kind of sitting here contemplating this, magnify the Lord, and to me, it's not about what my actions have been. To magnify the Lord, I guess, you know, for 30 plus years, I've had my theological box. I put God in that theological box, and I've defined everything according to what I have been taught. And to magnify the Lord to me means to, uh, you know, he's probably greater than I can imagine. He's more than what I have labeled him or defined him. And it's that definition going beyond that defining of what God is. You know, he's better than I can imagine. Amen. When we magnify, you get released more of that. I think it's telling ourselves the truth and it breaks us out of fear. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And they're so strong. We, we, we've made, we're going to look at this, but we've made it be something it's not. I was just thinking of it a little different way, like a sleuth with his mic or his um, magnifying glass. That in your life you're searching for Jesus behind what's happening, um, and like so, like for me, if in my business something good happens, and then I look and I'm like, oh, it's him, it's not me, and I give him the glory, and it reminds me I'm not alone, and that he's for me, and it. And it glorifies him for other people too. You know? So, like that sleuth, kind of like he's he's for me. He's behind these things, you know. Amen. The Proverbs speaks to that. It says that the, it's a, it's it's the glory of God to hide a matter, and it's the glory of a king to search a matter out, to actually search for it, to go explore. So, I think when circumstances, even if they look awry, and you're going. What are you taking me through right now? This is uncomfortable. Get, oh, magnify the Lord because someplace under that is God doing absolutely. Now think through this. If he's good, don't listen to that new Batman Superman movie thing where they go, you know, if God's good, then he can't be all powerful. And if he's all powerful, then he can't be all good. That's demonic. That is a wrong philosophy. I'm telling you right now, just you can go see the movie if you want, but that is a wrong philosophy, and our kids are getting fed with it. God is always, it's who he is. And that is all-powerful. 
because he is all good, that's the most powerful thing in the universe. That means he will work everything towards good. Even weird circumstances. We just got to search it out. Back to how we magnify the Lord. Um, We also, as we are magnifying the Lord, it is a witness to the people around us. Um, I was recently reminded by my mentor that when I was volunteering at the hospital in Phoenix, that people kept asking him, what is so different about her? She's so different. What is it? And he'd, he'd tell me, we know what it is. Yeah, it's the joy of the Lord. You know, it's, it's that, that lack of, of fear because I trust God. And as we move into the things that he has made us to do, and I didn't find that until like, like five years ago. I finally figured out what, what, what I was made to do. As we move into that, that glorifies God. That magnifies it, God, him. And we have to lean on him to do that. But it just, that's how, and then, then, and then it touches the world around us. As we grow, the people around us are affected. We're going to look at this in the coming weeks because you're actually answering the last two questions too. What does it accomplish and what is it for? Do you have a dream in your heart? Big dream? Then it's time to get the magnifying glass out and search the matter out and do that. And I think when it didn't, like, there's pain in some of that because not everything turns out like I thought it would. And so you have to research a matter. Not only do it again, but keep researching, finding out who God is in this, and including what, what Ben said about God's bigger than those things in our hearts and lives, even the really good things that he put in there, plant, because it's for something. It's to accomplish something. In you, the seed was planted. In you, Christ the seed came in to produce an abundant harvest. And everybody, that truth that that Brenda talked about, Gaining of truth in you, that begins to flow out of you and touch other people without it having to be weird, religious, uh, a program for evangelism and stuff, but it starts being who we are, who we are. I, um, I enjoy singing also. And um, there's times when I'll be in my car and I've got some fear going on. You know, you thank God that we don't have to be ashamed of fear. Fear is, it's, it's in our flesh. And there's times that we can't help it that that comes up. But I love Terry McAlmond and I'll be sitting in my car. And if I'm just having a bad day or something's horrible is going on, I'll just turn that up and just just sing just till I can't sing no more and just raise my voice up. And there's times when I, like my, I'm sitting in the car with my mom and I'll just start busting out laughing because I'm doing it in the spirit, you know? And that just really seems to help, especially when you just have so much going on because you know God is there. And he, that just, it just showers. You're showering him with your voice. Yes, it's accomplishing something. back up. Look at this, Luke 12, 32. Do not fear, little flock, 
For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. What if we began to magnify God with that? It's his good pleasure. By the way, another, another way to say good pleasure is the word grace. Grace is unmerited favor. The good pleasure. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And you do have to ask, what's the kingdom? Well, I was thinking about how sunny it was this morning and I slept a little later because I didn't have to work. But if I kept my blinds closed, it would have just stayed out there. And what I'm learning is that God, he's like that. He's pouring in all the time. I thought I had to do something to get it. Even open the blinds. The sunshine is there and it's coming down and coming down and coming down. And and I can even do a whole day on a sunny day and not realize. And if I stop and look up at it, I mean, it's just... It's pouring in all the time, and that's what we're learning about God. He's, he asked me a while back, will you, if I would let him love me, you know, just, you just, there's a point where you just say, God, okay, you're just like this lover banging on the door, and I'm just saying, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared, and he just says, just, I'm coming, I'm pouring out all the time, just like the sun, but if we, and we just have to re- realize it. I don't know what that means for my future, but I'm starting to become aware that he's always pouring in and pouring in. All right, I want to connect what Sharon Brady said. And what you said we. What do you mean we? What we're learning. You said we're. Well, this, group of- <laughs> this group of women that I've been connecting with for the last couple of years, and we're just learning about grace and like, wow. In fact, the latest question is what is in there that needs, to, you know, what else is in there that needs to be unconfused and undone, you know, in our thinking. Even that C.S. Lewis, like, he's, he's always good, but he's not always safe. I mean, that was preached to us. What the, hmm? You know, I mean, what is that supposed to mean? He's not always safe? If I can't believe that he's always safe, then I'm going to keep my, my blinds closed. So we're learning this in community. I agree, and then I hang on to old stuff like my C.S. Lewis stuff. Connect all of, are you guys connecting the dots like I am? This has to do with who we are as a community. The kingdom has to do, we can't do this alone. And listen, I've tried it all the other ways of like, like doing groups, making, finding group leaders and say, well, you do this, and then you have to be a cell church, and then you'll divide and conquer and do all that stuff. But there is something that happens, and I think we can have it happen organically here. Our groups don't even need to be called groups. We're just a community getting together. And wherever two of us are more together, that place becomes a good place And we have to learn with each other how it becomes a safe place. That's part of this process of the kingdom. It's the kingdom of God is you and I. And he says it's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. So he gave me to you. He gave you to me. 
He gave us to each other for this purpose. Who had Diane? Did you? I think it really is significant that the word says to magnify the Lord with me, and kind of going along with what Lori was saying. I went to the New Day prayer meeting last Thursday morning and came in feeling anxious and worried about some things and really wasn't planning on talking about it, but Lloyd asked us to check in. And so I just shared with the people that were there that that I was feeling anxious and worried and fearful. And it's hard for me sometimes because when the word says, do not be afraid, sometimes I feel I feel guilty that I'm afraid. Like, okay, if I'm really trusting the Lord, I wouldn't be afraid. But the other people there shared what they were afraid about as well. And I felt, I didn't feel embarrassed. I didn't feel ashamed. And then we just started talking about the Lord, just bragging on God, good things about the Lord, magnifying the Lord together. And I left feeling back on track. I I left feeling okay, I forgot a bunch of, you know, it's, you, you kind of get knocked on your butt sometimes, and, excuse me, and and that's what had happened, and I was able to leave thinking, okay, and I felt a lot of camaraderie. I mean, I didn't feel embarrassed that I had said that I was afraid or anxious because other people talked about what they were anxious and fearful about and a lot of the same kind of things, you know, and so... We magnified the Lord together at that meeting, and I left different than when I came in. If it's his good pleasure to give the kingdom, and we're to magnify the Lord, and we do it together in a safe community setting, then then there's some things that occur. Look at this. God's grace and pleasure towards you is not a passive thing. That's an old mindset of what we've been taught. That, oh, yeah, when I, well, when I'm doing something wrong, I'm going to ask for God's grace. Which, what we really mean is mercy. Or, you better pray for the meal, or it's going to go straight to your hips. <laughs> or, some, you know, like, you're not really... Do you know that awkward feeling when you go to lunch with other believers... And you don't know which one of you should pray, and whether you're, you're semi comfortable praying for a blessing over the meal and semi not, and you kind of wonder, well, is that religious? What do other people think? Do you guys go through that when you? Yeah, I don't either. I just bless it anyway. But see, there's something that if we can get our hearts expanded into this. And we can begin to understand this as a community. Because this is one of the things that I have to tell you that I believe, you know, what's God pleased about. I believe he's pleased about us going on this journey together and learning this. And I want to encourage you, even if you got hurt in the past, let your walls down. Go to coffee with somebody. It doesn't have to be programmatic. It doesn't have to be formal. Have a, have a piece of pie. Have a, have a fudge brownie delight at some place. Uh, have an ice cream cone. Have a cup of coffee. Have a, have a, and I know this body, and what's really hard for all of us, but you have to understand God's grace is powerful, and so he's releasing this into us. You don't have to be scared of one another. 
You have to gulp and go, you're powerful, and I believe that you want me to connect with others so that you get magnified. And this can really turn and, and, and grow and be different without it being programmatic. I can't do programmatic anymore. I loved what happened in worship this morning. I can't do, pro, I can't, I, there, there's something in me. It's a, maybe it's a wall. Maybe I'll turn and have seven programs next year. I don't know. <laughs> but right now, what I'm learning in my expanse with God is I don't want to do programmatic church. I want to do church. This kind of stuff. So we're going to do mornings like this. Every once in a while where we're learning from each other and learning from community. But you have to agree that I'm going to do it on my own too. I'm going to get with somebody. Listen, the lie of the enemy is this. And he actually majors in busyness. I'm too busy to do that. That's a lie. That is a lie from the pit. He majors in busyness. That's to keep us from being able to magnify and and exalt the name of the Lord together. I used to listen to Joyce Meyer a lot, and she says busy means being under Satan's yoke. Thank you, Joyce. A girl can preach. I want you to start seeing, again, grace a little bit differently. Just as we go through this, and we'll just close with with these two today. I want to read a a passage of scripture to you. And I want to read it in the mirror translation this morning. So I want you to just hear this. And it's, he's, uh, Paul in Romans 5 is talking about the difference between what happened when sin occurred in Adam. And what was released into the earth. And then what Jesus did when he was released in the earth. And how the two of those, when they met, what occurred. And so Paul uses symbolic language in Romans 5 to show you the power of sin. Sin had a power. It got released and and it came through one act. Now if you think about that, how powerful that was. But there was a greater power the second time, and that's when Christ came. And we don't understand how powerful that is. And I am really, really worn out with people telling me that that, uh, grace and the law have to be balanced. That is not true. The law does one thing. It measures. That's all the law can do. I want you to see that. What teaches me right and wrong? No, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He teaches you right and wrong. He may use the law. It refers to the law as a tutor to lead us to Christ. But the law only measures how far you missed. No matter how much you keep it, we all know this. The law was weak because of the flesh. So the law only measures... And it's really this, how close you are, well, he doesn't grade on a curve. It will always measure how far you missed it. It's the only thing it can measure. Grace always measures how close you are. Remember Ephesians 1, Ephesians 1 through 3. Grace says, to him who's far, to him who's near. It beckons us in. 
Completely different measurement. So don't try and balance grace and the law. Grace always supersedes law. How do you know that? L- listen to this. So this is verse 16 and 17. So remember, he's doing the two differences. One, Adam, represent what, what actually occurred with the power of sin. It had power. And then what occurred with Christ. The difference between the two men, Adam and Christ, is further emphasized in that judgment and condemnation followed a single offense. When Adam and Eve fell, what happened? Judgment, condemnation, spiritual death. Whereas the free gift of acquittal and righteousness follows innumerable sins. So that one sin released a whole series of sin. But there was something that happened, and that was a free gift of acquittal and righteousness. That's what Christ did when he died and was risen for you. You were given a free gift. If spiritual death saw the gap in one sin and grabbed the opportunity to dominate mankind because of one man, because of Adam. Now listen to this. This is, this is mind-boggling. How much more may we now seize the advantage to reign in righteousness in this life through the one act of Christ? What? Put away the measurements. This thing is above everything else. This act of one man, Christ, what he did. God Christ, the one that we talked about last week in Hebrews 7. Whoever lives now. May we now seize the advantage. You have an advantage right now to magnify the Lord. Right now, every day in your life, you can magnify Him. To reign in righteousness in this life through the one act of Christ, listen to this, who declared us innocent by His grace. That means all that stuff. When I start magnifying this, who Christ is and what He did for me, then I can really begin to search those things out and go, what are, you doing? what are you doing with me? You reawakening dreams to me. No, 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 no. I don't deserve that. I put the cloak of shame back on. Uh-uh. So he says this. He ends it with this. Grace, it is out of all proportion, in superiority to the transgression. Here's the way... Your Bible that you're familiar with says it. Where sin abounds, grace does more abound. There's no comparison. There, there, there was a power in sin. There's a power right now. There's sin outside of you trying to work in you. There is a power there. But guess what? It's your father's good pleasure, his grace, to release the kingdom to you. That's so far above all of this. This is powerful. 
Magnify God. Don't diminish him. Don't tell God what he can't do in your life. Don't don't let others tell you what God can't do with you because you did A, B, and C, and now you're disqualified. Yeah, you might go through a season of discipline. You might even go through a season of correction. I want the Lord to correct me, don't you? I want that. I want to go, ooh, I ain't doing that right. I don't want to get stuck there. Teach me, oh God. And he's such a good teacher. He'll whisper right into your ear. But his grace abounds over that stuff. So grace is more than just receiving. It's using it to magnify who God is. So why have I become a grace preacher? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. He's greater than all those things he said if I didn't do right, that it wouldn't happen in my life. That's baloney. God is superior. God is above my thoughts and beyond my thoughts. God can harness me through community in such a way that I not only declare righteousness, I actually walk in it. That's you and I together. I don't just declare it with my mouth, I'm righteous. It's really good to sing the song. That helps magnify the Lord. But when I get with you and lock arms and I go, let's do it together. That's the yeah. The yeah happens, and I start experiencing it. It becomes a reality. Then it's, then it's right believing and experience knit together one to another. And I just don't declare things about righteous. I see through your life interacting with mine, I'm righteous. Because I don't have to pretend anymore. That's the worst thing about righteousness. When we're pretending to be righteous... I'd rather be with a group of people go, man, I re- what, what you said, you know, you know, my life really sucked last week. It did? Man, God's got, God wants to help you with that. And we become vulnerable and safe. Realizing that we, none of us have it together all the time, but if we're together all the time, all of us have it together all the time. We've got to begin, we have to take this next step in grace, which is becoming a grace community. And we have to start doing the ACTS, Acts of Grace, together. So it's powerful. It initiates things. And it's the power to live the kingdom here. Now, you and I together. We're going to explore it in the coming weeks. We're going to go through a transition, maybe even do up the way we do church, different. It'll be fun, exciting. <laughs> I don't like transition. You'll like this. Amen. I promise, it's good breakfast cereal. Remember that old commercial? Hey, Mikey, you'll like it. Try it. You'll like it. We will. You tracking with me? I hope so, because God's, God's bringing us into something. Not, not just an understanding of grace, but an understanding of what grace means to you and I and how it magnifies God. And that we start living out of that as a community and our dreams wake back up. Are our dreams get birthed? How about some new dreams? Some new desires? Some new stuff to do? 
brand new Harley Davidson. Come on. Brand new group of friends. It's the kingdom. It is. Would you stand with me? It was so good to hear from all of you. I want our community to become safe that we can do that. I'm I'm scared I'll say something wrong. (laughs) Don't do what Lloyd goes through every Sunday. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) You know, I make mistakes. I miss stuff. I make mistakes. So let's just be a community and be okay with each other, you know. If it doesn't come out right, if it's awkward, it's awkward. But if we trust and we're safe with each other, then it's okay. That doesn't, that doesn't mean we have permission to beat each other up with our mouths. But it does mean that we can take care of each other, and when something comes out that doesn't exactly sound right, we're okay. We're We're okay. It's not the end of our Christian world. It's okay. And we'll keep being for each other. So, today, instead of closing with a song, I want to do something. Get, get, uh, let's redo the thing where we're beside each other. So hold hands. like Bring this together and this together. Some of you know this better than I do, but we're going to sing a song for each other. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures below. Praise Him above the heavenly Praise Father, Son. Amen. Now will you love each other? Just give each other a hug as we go. We're going to look at more of this in the future.